Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Jacob Burtson, and welcome to the Cover All Call podcast. All right, let's have a conference. The big magnolia tree in my grandparents' yard sat right behind their basketball goal. It was in their front yard, just a little to the left of the driveway. Now, if I had to rate climbing trees, their magnolia tree in their yard was a five-star climbing tree for me back in the 80s. A lot of you probably have a, have a similar magnolia tree that you climbed when you were growing up. Now, me and all the other grandkids, we could climb to the top of that tree, and we could get a great view of the basketball game going on below us. Um, and it also, if you looked in the other direction, it gave a great full watchtower view of my dad's shop and my Papa Burson's, my granddad's barn. And the leaves of the tree had great coverage, a great camouflage. It was a good good spot to hide for a minute. If my grandma was looking for one of our one of us grandkids to cut the grass, if you you could shoot up that tree and kind of hide for a minute to kind of pause, <laughs> to kind of give yourself a break before you went back to work. And that's kind of what what we all did. I know I did. I know I took advantage of that hiding spot of time or two in my life, a time or a thousand. What I do is I would grab one of those orange sherbet push-up ice creams uh, from Grandma's chest freezer, chest freezer that sat out there uh, on the porch, and I'd shoot up the magnolia tree. Up there, it was like a minute, peaceful minute of solitude, and I'd be juggling to see what all I could see while racing time to eat that push-up before the Georgia summer heat would turn that ice cream into an orange milkshake, sticky milkshake running down my hand. <laughs> I can feel its stickiness right now. If I close my eyes right now, I'm back in that tree. I can feel the breeze sway the tree back and forth. I can smell the magnolia blooms blow by. I can, I can hear the crunch of the leaves as I walked up to the tree at the base of the tree before I climbed up it. And while I'm up there, I can hear the leaves right now rustling together. I can hear the air wrenches from my dad's shop and the laughing and the hollering and the phone ringing and all that that's going on down there at the shop. For a second, I'm 12 years old and I'm up here on top of the world. Now, I didn't realize it at the time, but I can remember the day that I first saw Jesus from this tree, kind of like, kind of like Zacchaeus. I had a clear view of Papa working at the barn. He was always in and around the barn, painting wheels, drinking water from a garden hose, washing off scrap metal, smashing up aluminum cans to take to recycling, using some kind of power tool to grind away at something, anything, just doing exactly what he did. This particular instance, though, I saw a beat-up full-size car come pulling up to the barn. It was one of those four-door 80s sedans, just what we would call a hoopty. It comes pulling up to the barn. Now, in it was a mama and a couple of kids hanging out the back windows. You know, typical typical picture of, of, of what I think about growing up, of a couple of kids with their shirts off, just kind of dirty kids. Now, at the time, I didn't know any better. They looked normal to me, regular. Uh, but as I got older I, and realized what was going on, I realized that this particular family was a family who was down on their luck. This lady needed a tire plugged, and she didn't have the $5 to have it done. So she pulled around back to my granddad's barn, because she knew Jesus was there. I remember him seeing him plug the tire. I remember not seeing any money exchange hands. I remember him doing the work. You know, there weren't any hugs or handshakes, just some small talk and a wave goodbye, and that's all there was to it. He just poured a little piece of positivity into somebody's life that day. In my teen years, I spent a lot of time working as his gopher in that barn, as I've said before. All of the Burson boys made that tour duty at some point in their teens to work down there for Papa in his barn as like a gopher. I watched him help hurting people a hundred times and a hundred times a hundred times. 
He'd have me put on a used tire for people. He'd have me plug their plug their tires or patch their tires or we'd change oil. I'd climb underneath the cars and do all the work, and he would stand up and he'd do all the talk. That's exactly that's exactly the way it worked for me and my relationship with him um, when, when we were doing some kind of help like that. And my dad and my uncle and my cousins would all say the same thing. Um, he just had a great he had a great gift of not only doing the work himself, but being able to carry on conversations with anybody regardless of class or status. Now, he rarely gave any of those people that came around to him for help. He rarely gave them anything for free, but he, he did give them nearly free prices. I got to be honest. Now, I think it, I'm just guessing, I think it helped them keep their pride maybe just a little bit. And for him, he was just back there working at the barn. And if it was $5, it was $5 he didn't have beforehand. If it was $2, it was $2 he didn't have beforehand. Any little bit helped. It helped. It was a transaction that helped both people. Now, maybe some people took advantage of him. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure that that did happen a time or two. And, and when I was a teenager, when I was working for him, I didn't think much about it at the time. I was just a kid. I was just a teen. I didn't know what was going on, the, the enormity of what was going on. I was just doing exactly what he told me to do. And I'm not really sure that he was consciously teaching me anything. He never said as such or as much. He was just living. He never, after we helped somebody out, he would never sit me down and say, Jacob, here's the, here's the, here's the application of this lesson. Here's what we're doing right now. Here's why we did this. He never, he never said any of those things. He was just living, just living life the way he lived it. I'd like to read this from Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. The text says this. It says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I don't remember at any moment Papa ever sitting me down for a formal devotional at any place at any time or him ever opening up his worn Bible, red Bible, that sat at the end, uh, on the end table at the end of the couch. I remember him sharing scripture with me and how to apply it. But I can't think of a single more influential Jesus-centered Bible lesson I've ever had at any point in my life that can compare to what I saw and had seen from the top of that magnolia tree and what I lived working with him in that barn. It took me years, decades, really, for me to kind of realize what was going on. But luckily, thank God, by God's patient grace, now I kind of do know what God was doing in those moments, in those moments of positivity. For a second, I want you to climb up this tree with me real quick. Just, just take a little minute. Let's go down memory lane just for a second. Let's walk up to the tree. I want you to feel the leaves crunch beneath your feet. Let's climb up the tree. I want you to feel the breeze. Feel the tree just kind of sway just a little bit back and forth in the summer breeze. Just look out and see the sights that we can see and hear the sounds, the birds, maybe the cars driving by, the sounds from the shop. Now let's look over here, just beyond the leaves. You see that barn that's over there? Now now visualize that person down there that's at the barn, the person in your life, the person in your life that you followed who poured all that positivity, all that life into you, all of those life lessons into you. Now, maybe there's not anybody down there for you. Maybe you didn't have that person. All right, fine, okay. Now, let's climb down the tree, and let's walk over to the barn, and let's get on the other side. Let's take, let's take, a, let's take a view trip to the other side. Let's be on the other side of this perspective. All right, we're down here at the barn, and we're working, and we're helping people out. 
All right, now look up at that magnolia tree over there. You see that kid up in that tree who's watching? There's a person. Somebody's up there watching us from that tree. That person is our kids. It's our spouse. It's our friends. It's our neighbors. It's our coworkers. It's the person on the softball team. It's the person who empties the trash cans out at work. It's people we live life with. They're up there in that tree and they're watching us. Look, we're not going to be perfect. That could be a heavy weight to bear. We're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to bust our knuckles sometimes. We're going to get the garden hose kinked. We're going to screw up. But none of those things, none of those things, none of that reality, none of those things should stop us from putting on the coveralls, patiently putting in the work, one day at a time, and helping someone out. Anyone. Every day. Just try it. Just try helping somebody out every single day. We just might find exactly what we're looking for. And hopefully one day, so will that kid who's sitting up there in that magnolia tree. Appreciate y'all listening to the podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe. That way when a new podcast is posted, you don't have to do anything. It just shows up brand new. If you have any comments, please leave comments. Let us know what you think. And if you have any stories that you would like to share, let me know. Everybody's got so many great stories of people that poured positivity in their life. We'd love to hear them. Hey, thanks for checking in on the Cover All Call podcast. We'll see you all next time.